John chapter 1, as we are just beginning this book. John chapter 1, we are looking, going to be in verses 35 to 51, uh, finishing out the chapter. And we have, John has set us up with this prologue, who Jesus is, uh, his, his deity, uh, who he is as God, who he is as the light and as life. Uh, and then we looked last week at this testimony of John the Baptist uh, and his ambassadorship to who Christ is and seeing who, uh, what that testimony starts to open up this look of discipleship, this, this picture of getting the light spread into this world uh, that, that God has allowed us to be part of. God has allowed us to be a witness, to be an ambassador for Christ. Uh, and so we're going to be in the first uh, set in, in John chapter 1, where Jesus sets up his first disciples. Uh, so read with me verses 35 to 51. And it said, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his, his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip even called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So here we have John setting us up with this first encounter that that Jesus' disciples have with him. Uh, and we understand that, that a disciple is someone who doesn't just, isn't just a student or learner, but is someone who actually applies what they have learned into their life. Uh, something about like being a doer and not just a hearer only, uh, we've kind of gone over that. So here's a disciple. Here are, here, here are uh, a set of men that Jesus is called to follow him, and they have gone all in um, as disciples to not only listen and kind of hang out, uh, but to commit their lives to Christ. And so here's kind of the overview of where I want us to go today. 
It's this. The process of becoming a disciple of Jesus is first an encounter with him, then a decision to follow or not to follow him, and then if one decides to follow, then change is going to happen, and with change comes greater things. Uh, So first an encounter. And as we look at this passage, 35 to 51, it is chock full of, of, of Christ. It is chock full of these uh, names and this, these images of who Christ is. Uh, and so John, the author, kind of gives us this, this look again, this, this nice uh, detailed image of Christ. And so let's go through that and understand that as John is building all this up, he is continuing to build who Jesus is, uh, that we may believe. And so even in verse 36, here's the Lamb of God again, okay? And this first encounter that John the Baptist uh, is pointing out to these two disciples is he has to say it again, the Lamb of God. Uh, and then Rabbi, you see in verse 38 uh, and, 30, and 49, as teacher, you have Messiah, Christ, Uh, In verse 41, uh, the Savior that the Jewish people have been waiting for and hoping for. In verse 42, you have this, the power that Jesus has to change people for his glory. Uh, And we see that when when he encounters, or Simon encounters him and gives Simon a new name and a new purpose. We we see the power of Christ. Uh, We see He is the one whom the Old Testament speaks of in the law of Moses and the prophets. Here's Jesus from Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He is the omniscient one who knows each person. As he deals with Nathaniel, you're going to see that he already knows about Nathaniel. He knows where Nathaniel's been um, because of the omniscience of Christ. Uh, Jesus is the son of God, the king of Israel, and he is the only bridge between heaven and earth. Uh, he is the comings, he is here, the, the Son of Man. Uh, and a phrase that he likes to use, or a title that Jesus likes to use to remind us of him being fully man and also fully God. So here's all uh, these, these images of who Christ is and the encounter that not only the disciples needed to have, but, but for us as well, is who is Jesus? Uh, and so looking at these first set of disciples in verse 40, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, or actually 35, but verse 40 tells us that it's Andrew, these first two disciples. Uh, One is Andrew, and one is going to be John, uh, who is the author of this book. Remember, he doesn't ever say that he is himself in the book, uh, but there is a a strong connection between Andrew and John, uh, the disciple, And so these first two disciples would be Andrew and John, and they have been following John the Baptist uh, for quite a while. But remember the day before, John the Baptist proclaimed that the Lamb of God is here as Jesus came onto the scene. So now it's the next day. Um, And so Andrew and John, John the Baptist has to kind of tell them again, here's the Lamb of God. Uh, And we see this in our witnessing and in our testimonies, don't we? That it's not the first time that you proclaim the gospel to someone that they're going to understand and receive. So here's even Andrew and John, this this picture of John the Baptist having to tell him, tell them again, here's the Lamb of God. And we need to understand to never give up. 
to never, in our witnessing, in our ministry to others, they won't necessarily get it right away. Um, it, it takes sometimes a lot of re- repetition uh, to proclaim the love of Christ into someone's life. So Andrew and John had uh, their disciple, or the person that discipled them was John the Baptist, and as he introduces them to the Lamb of God, they're like, well, we're going to go follow Jesus. I mean, we're going to see as Jesus, they're following Jesus, he turns around and, and says, what are you seeking? Uh, and they were like, well, we kind of want to come hang out with you. And so Jesus invites them to come, and you will see. And then in verse 41, we have Simon Peter. Uh, here is Simon, the brother of Andrew. Okay, now we have family members sharing Christ with each other. Andrew's like, I've got to go tell Simon. Bring Simon to Jesus. Uh, and then Jesus right away is like, hey, Simon, by the way, I'm going to change your name to Peter. Um, and, and basically, he doesn't say then, but, but is going to end up doing great things for Christ. Uh, so here's Peter's encounter, Simon, uh, that his name has changed, his whole purpose and direction has changed in life. Uh, we talked last week about this purpose that we have as ambassadors for Christ, that we have purpose. Uh, we have a life that, Christ, that God has given us to live out uh, for his glory And here's Jesus immediately assigning Simon a new name and that we see all that Peter will do, um, that there is such an influence uh, in the church and with all that that Peter's done in his ministry. And and so here's this picture of a family member sharing Christ. And so Simon encounters Christ. And then Philip in verse 43, very simple exchange, Jesus basically calls him. Uh, come and follow me. And so we know that Nathaniel, or that Philip has a little bit of, of knowledge of Jesus. Uh, he mentions Moses in the law, the prophets speaking of Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Uh, and so here's that image also of kind of knowing some things about Jesus. But then when we encounter Jesus, there's that immediate response. Yes, I'm going to follow. Uh, yes, I'm giving my life to you. Uh, and so there are some that, that are immediately drawn to Christ when the gospel is presented. And then we have Nathaniel. Nathaniel, here is a friend of Philip. Philip comes running to Nathaniel. Um, I've, I've found the Messiah. Uh, here, is, here is Jesus. And so when Je- and at first, Nathaniel's like, no, you know, is anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, is this really for real? Uh, let me at least meet him. And he does meet Christ. Uh, and Jesus shares with him some things that no one else would have known about Nathaniel. And so Nathaniel's encounter with Christ is, is a, an, an exchange, an encounter where he understands who Jesus is as Lord, uh, as God, the Son of God. And that Nathaniel now had a friend that came and, sh- and shared with him. So we have this picture. None of us, if we were to sit down and share our testimony ever came and encountered Christ the same as anyone else. Uh, Everyone was different. Everyone had different people that were involved in their faith. Uh, And that's the beauty of this personal relationship that we have with God. Uh, It's not some checklist. You don't kind of work through uh, these certain steps to get to salvation. It's a personal encounter with Jesus. So 
The process of becoming a disciple of Jesus is first an encounter with him. And then there's a decision. If we look at these men, a decision had to be made. And the first is Andrew and John following Jesus. Jesus turns around and says, what are you seeking? And he knows they're not lost. He knows that they're not looking for, for something else. Uh, he knows that it's more about what do you want out of this? What do you want out of this encounter with me? Uh, and he needs to know if they were motivated by curiosity or a full desire to know him, a commitment to him. Um, and that's really what our decision is with Christ. Is it out of curiosity or do we truly want to know and commit our lives to the Savior? Uh, and so this exchange with Andrew and John, with Jesus, out of, out of what do you want? If it's curiosity, then they just kind of stay in the peripheral. They, they just kind of are window shopping. They're going to keep their distance. And, and I sit there thinking, even someone in this room, someone at our church, who we're just showing up curious. We're not really committed. We're just kind of checking a, a, a checklist. Uh, but why are we here this morning? Are we, are we curious? Are we fully going in and following Christ? Did we wake up this morning thinking, man, I've got to hear from Jesus today. I've got to, to find out where he wants me to go. I need to be where he wants me to be in this pursuit and intentionality of I'm a disciple, follower of Jesus. Jesus is here, and I need to, to follow what that direction is. Did we show up? this morning anticipating and looking for the direction that God, that Jesus has for us in our life? Or are we just kind of curious? You know, what song is John singing this morning? You know, how many times is Pastor Randy going to bring up Diet Dr. Pepper again? You know, there's, there's a peripheral, then there's the all-in. What am I going to, how am I going to encounter Christ, my Savior, my Messiah this morning, uh, in Bible study, in and worship, and our fellowship with one another. How can we encourage one another? So here's this picture of, of curiosity or commitment, deciding to follow, to totally follow, or to not follow. And you say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I am a Christian. I, I'm going to go to heaven. Yes, but it's always a daily choice to follow him uh, and to pursue him. Look at verse 37 to 39. Here's this invitation that we have from Jesus to always come and see. And I don't know about you, have you have, has anyone else been involved in a weird text conversation? That you text someone, you just want a simple answer, and all of a sudden they like come back with something like, I didn't even say that. What, what is this exchange? And you come back, is it, I'm not the only one, am I? Is there a few of you at least? All right, thank you. So look at 37 to 39. Here's Andrew and John in their exchange with, with Jesus. And the, so the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? Now they could have answered honestly, right? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? Well, that, Jesus didn't ask where he's, you know, where he's staying. He said, where, where are you seeking? They came back with, where are you staying? And he could have told him whatever home, whatever hotel, wherever his, his, his place was for the night. But no, Jesus then comes back with, come and you will see. Um, how often in our own lives do we pray and ask God for a specific answer 
to our specific question, and he comes back sometimes with wait or come and see, and then I will show you. Um, here's this pursuit of him, pursuit to come and see, uh, this, this more than curiosity, but committing to following Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, and so to come and see is to truly commit, uh, to truly understand. One of my favorite passages as associated with this is in Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, I don't have my cinnamon rolls again, but if you remember, I had cinnamon rolls that morning, and I can describe cinnamon rolls to you all day, but until you smell, until you taste, until you feel, you haven't truly encountered the cinnamon roll. And how much more is our encounter with Christ to be real and to be personal and to be committed to our relationship with him? And not just on the peripheral, not just out of curiosity, uh, but to come and see as Christ has invited us. There is no such thing as truly believing in Jesus as our Savior without not following him obediently as our Lord. Uh, and so here's this picture of commitment fully coming in. And if it's commitment, then let's commit. Let's give our all like Christ has, has asked us to. Uh, to go all in with him and to be his disciple and to follow his every step. And then if one decides to follow as a disciple, then change is going to happen. And how awesome is this? Look even at Andrew. In verse 38, Andrew calls Jesus rabbi or teacher and then spends time with him. And what does he come back with? He calls him Messiah in verse 41, which means Christ. Um, a more prominent picture of change is Simon. Uh, he gets a name change right away from Jesus in verse 41 and 42. And look at verse 42. It says, He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and he said, You are Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which means Peter. And look at these phrases. Jesus says, You are in your current state, but you will be or you shall be this, this position and this name that I've given you. Um, this is part of this transformation that happens in our life, uh, a transforming life in Christ, that he takes us from where we are and takes us to where he wants us to be. Uh, and understanding that God is at work molding us and making us. Uh, that passage in Isaiah that says, O oh Lord, you are our father, you are the clay, you are our potter, we are all the work of your hand. And so this image of Jesus, of, of, of Jesus taking us from where we are in this, this state that we should not be, this, this state of sin and darkness, and wants us to have this life, this light in our life, in the transforming power of his, this salvation that we have in him. And Jesus meets us where we are, but changes us into what he wants us to be. And he already knows the mess that we're in, doesn't he? We're going to see that with Nathaniel. He already knows not only the mess that we were in when we encountered him, he knows the mess that's coming. None of us have a perfect life. None of us are going to have a perfect life. And so not only has he called us to him in our mess, he's called us to him in the mess that's to come. Um, but we have the saving life that is in him and that he's going to, there's going to be glory given to him in our life. 
Uh, if it was up to me and I came across Simon and I knew what all the mess that Peter was going to be in in the future, I would have said, hey, Simon, nice to meet you, and then like moved on. But aren't you glad that, he, that Jesus didn't? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't do that with us? Uh, that he has still called us to himself with all the mess that we're going to make, the sins that we're going to continue to to make, the choices that are going to, to derail us and distract us from his perfect plan and his glory, he still calls us because he has a plan. He has a plan for a life. He has a purpose. And we are to live that out and to glorify him in all that we can. And knowing that when Jesus, when we come to Jesus by faith, and begin to follow him, he changes us and makes us more like himself. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. And here's this picture of, of our old self and our new self, this new life that we have in Christ. Ephesians 4, verses 20 to 24 says, But that is not the way that you learned Christ, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's this picture of putting off the old self, this, this transformation that happens in our salvation, in our faith, and our growth, that we are to look more and more like Jesus as we keep our eyes focused on him, molded and shaped in the image of Christ in our life. And that's part of that faith growth process. It's part of our getting into the depths of our belief and, and believing in him. Our lives will change. There's no way they can't. Because if we are pursuing and following Jesus, then our lives will look different. And our lives will reflect that commitment that we have to him. And as we see more of Jesus, as we pursue more of him, as we are following more of him, then we are going to see greater things. Um, with change comes greater things. Go back to verse 47 in John chapter 1. And this is when Nathaniel encounters Jesus. Uh, and here's when he discovers that Jesus already knew about him. Verse 47 says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So Nathanael, that was enough for Nathanael to believe that he is Christ. He is the Son of God. He is the King of Israel. He is Jesus the, the Messiah. Uh, because Jesus has revealed to him that he already knows about Nathanael and his life. And then Nathanael believes and says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And then look at verse 50. And then Jesus says this. says, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Which was amazing enough, right, that he's already shown uh, his, his deity and his power as God, that Jesus then says, you will see greater things than these. And when we have this personal relationship with Jesus and we grow in our faith, we're going to see greater things of Christ. We're going to understand and get a better picture of who he is as our Messiah, as Lord, 
and then our life changed to look back at the beginning of my faith journey and see where I am now, there's no way I could have imagined where, where Christ has taken me in my own relationship with him. And I pray that that's your story as well, that a life transformed, we're going to look back and see the great things that happened in our life because of Jesus. And then Jesus has so much greater things uh, that, that John has, or that Nathaniel hasn't even seen. Uh, that we, as we go through the book of John, these, we, we have these signs, these stories of Jesus, and the power that he showed, the light into this darkness. And then the end of, of the book of John, we have when he, when he died, his burial and his resurrection. John still gets to see these, or Nathaniel still gets to see these things and witness there's greater things of what Christ is going to do. And here we are in our salvation. We experience the saving power of the shed blood of Christ on the cross, the power of his resurrection that gives us, uh, allows us to be conquerors over sin and death because of him, that we have eternal life in him and in eternity in heaven. That's the most amazing thing in our life, but there is so much more that we get to see of Christ and so much as we grow in our faith and understand. And then that leads us to this promise that Jesus tells Nathaniel in verse 51, that truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And this is probably a reference to Nathaniel uh, reading through Jacob's ladder and understanding this image. But now here's the image of Christ, uh, that who is at the base of that ladder the link between heaven and earth, uh, the only way to the Father through him, uh, the only access that we have is through Jesus. And we have this picture of Christ, our Savior, the link between the Father and ourselves and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Son of Man, this phrase that Jesus likes to use as a reminder that he is still fully human. He needs to be fully human, but he is also fully God. In this image that we have, access to all the, that God is because of Jesus, um, because of his sacrifice on the cross. And it's amazing to hear stories of faith from those who have lived uh, and, and who have seen the glory of Christ in their life. Uh, as we continue on this journey to see more and more of Jesus, but it's a continual journey, it's continual following uh, you don't get to claim that you're following someone uh, by just going to one location and stopping and you're done. It is a lifelong pursuit of Christ in our life, in our salvation, in our relationship, in our faith, uh, as we continue to grow in our faith, in our belief, as our belief gets deeper and deeper, understanding who, who God is, uh, that it's going to transform our life and in that we're going to continue to see him at work. So the process of becoming a disciple of Jesus is first an encounter with him, then a decision to follow or not to follow. And then if we decide to follow, change is going to happen. And then with change comes greater things. Are we truly, truly following Christ? Are we truly calling ourselves a disciple of him, committed all in in our relationship? Or are we pursuing him and all that he is? Uh, are we keeping our eyes focused on him and not just following, 
but running to him again and again. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this picture of, of our relationship with you, that it is all about a pursuit. It is all about following. Uh, and Father, you have allowed us access uh, to Christ Jesus in the flesh, uh, that we get to, to see his ministry, uh, the work all throughout scripture. Father, but our same Jesus is who we've accepted, who we have chosen to follow. Father, I pray for anyone who, in here who've just kind of stayed out on the outside, been a little curious, but not fully committed. Father, I pray that you continue to speak to their heart, uh, break their heart for you, Father, that they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for this moment that you've allowed us to come in, uh, to be in this time of worship, to be, uh, have a greater understanding of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.